everyone, it's Mara. Welcome to another episode of Indoor Enthusiasts. I'm Hav. We're so glad you're here. Yeah, it's been another week. How's everything? It's going. I have more chronic illness stuff that I took care of this week, and I started a new medication that's very difficult to get because somebody touted that it was a best chance at fighting the coronavirus when science doesn't back that statement up so people what are you talking like, about we're like zero cases of coronavirus all right yeah we just don't acknowledge it it doesn't exist right i mean there's like a bunch of like numbers after the zeros but like <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah before them too yeah <laughs> Yeah, I just uh, didn't realize how big of a problem that was until it personally affected me. And knowing that if I need my medication, they can only legally release 14 days at a time. And my insurance will only cover 14 days at a time. So like every six days, I have to call in a refill for that and then have to go pick that up when it starts to dwindle, like as a sick person that isn't supposed to go out more, that's like literally quadrupling my exposure. Yeah, that's, that's rough. Are they able to deliver it to you? Um, I'm not sure. I don't have a lot of experience with like medication deliveries. Mm, So that's something maybe I should look into. Yeah. Who do you use as your pharmacy? Uh, I use Walgreens because it's just right down the street and they have a drive through. Gotcha. Okay. I use CVS inside of Target and they deliver my medication for free. What? Eerily quickly. Like I will put it in the order like the afternoon and then the next day it'll show up. Are they able to do that with like controlled substances? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, Yeah. I would feel like maybe that would fall under like the same, like they don't allow like alcohol to be delivered, Mm -hmm. like those same laws in Washington. I don't know. Definitely something to look into though. I'm not like discounting that. I just, the nearest CVS for us is like 40 minutes away. So I don't know that they would have that. Oh, okay. There's not a closer target than that? Oh, there's a target in Silverdale, but. They don't have a pharmacy? They do. I just don't know if they would drive like 30 plus minutes to deliver it. Well, they don't like hand deliver it. They ship it in the mail. Oh. Which is why I was like, this is pretty quick. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so part of it is like, so I I take pain medication to manage some of like my pain when it's really bad. Mm-hmm. And you can only, you have to either physically drop off a written prescription with your ID and you also have to, um, or or if your doctor has like a little device that they can send basically an encrypted fax, mm, um, okay. it's like a two two factor authentication to send that. The DA allows that as well, um, and so I would be wondering if they would be able to do that because they mm, definitely okay. can't mail a controlled substance. I don't think. Yeah. Okay, and that makes like, sense. Like where I live, there it's like fairly common to have like people steal your mail or packages. So I don't know that I would be super down. I'll look into it though. Like maybe there are some things that I could have mailed. 
Yeah, maybe. Anything that will like limit your exposure would be very good. Yeah, A plus. I'm I'm fully on board. I appreciate that recommendation, and yeah, I'm not discounting it or writing it off. Like I'm gonna do my research. <laughs> yeah, before they charged for it, which is like, why why would you charge for this during a pandemic? And then I guess someone got the memo, like, oh, okay, this is probably shitty. Yeah, and there's like so many other pharmacies that like don't charge to do that kind of stuff, and it's like the price of competition, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's been going on with you? Oh, gosh, not much. I feel like every week's been the same. Like, it it really feels like I'm in Groundhog Day. You know what I mean? <laughs> Except yeah. I'm not really learning any cool new skills. Like, oh, I learned how to podcast and I learned how to buy magic cards from Europe. <laughs> I, I think that's the end of the list of new skills. So... I don't know. Maybe I'll learn to play the piano or seduce Andy McDowell or something. <laughs> I don't feel like you can discount those. Like those are your interests and like yeah. why I have a hobby that you're not interested in. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I haven't learned a whole lot either, but I mean, more so I've just been like making lists of house projects and doing the research and trying to like create like budgets and like, what's the cheapest we can accomplish this? What's going to be the most value if we have to sell this house? Like what, what's going to be the greatest return and what's like, are those returns non-monetary returns, but like it'll result in my house selling faster Mm -hmm. or just like things like that. Yeah, that's true. One thing I have been doing during the quarantine has been exercising, um, which I didn't do like before. The reason I'm doing it is because, like, a one month into, like, the quarantine, like, I just felt, like, super shitty all the time because, you know, I, I like, wouldn't really move because I'm not going out, uh, I'm not going to work, and there's not that long-ass walk from my parking space <laughs> through the parking lot to the building to my desk that I have to do, like, five days a week. Oh, my gosh. So I started like just riding like a little like desk cycler one hour like a it? day. Do you like the desk cycler? Like I've seen them. They're like not cheap. Yeah. Um, but I've definitely like considered it. Yeah. I would say it's, I think it's worth it because if you have like just the basic one, if there's no there's no resistance settings in it, so you'll just like breeze through it after a while. Uh, and the dust cycler is nice because like you can always like up the resistance uh, when you feel like something is too easy. Like I started out at like level one, and even level one was like mm, this is kind of like not even like worth it. Yeah. But then like when I you know I upped it, it was like making me sweat and like struggling to get through and now like yeah i I feel like it's a good it's a good sweat um i do like an hour every weekday so wow five days a week um and i mostly like watch like youtube videos to like pass the time (laughs) is 
Does it keep track of like a distance at all? Like, is there a way to yeah. like figure out? Okay. Yeah, I yeah. usually try to get in ten miles um, oh, in wow. an hour. Um, but it's not like I don't think it's one to one because you're not like moving your whole body and you know you're, it's not going. It's on, not as much uphill surface. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's not so much of a like it's not the same as like like a full on like exercise bike, bike or like a jack like a bike bike but you know it's 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 small and provides a good sweat and i just need to be doing something otherwise like i'm going to die <laughs> like in the quarantine like just you know like boredom and stuff yeah yeah and like eating like bad food and like doing nothing you know like there's been I feel like there's always a temptation for me to just like, oh, fuck it. Like, you know, just order like five guys every day, and like cold stone every day and just not, you know, take care of my body. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's like a natural human thing is like, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's really neat that you're you're doing that. And I'm not going to lie, like. I know Donald Trump is like super against exercise. So <laughs> he's just like, fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Stick it to the van. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I started riding a bike. Nick's, Nick has an extra bike. He has like a super, super, super expensive bike. And he had like his bike that he used before that bike. It's not mm -hmm. like a cheap bike, but it's just like not a several thousand dollar bike. Um, and I've been using that and like the loop around my neighborhood is like 0.4 miles. And part of it is like very steep uphill. And the other part is like very steep downhill. And then there's like a couple flat portions, like on the strips in front of our house. Mm -hmm. um, and I can only bike two times, like 0.8 miles before my body's like, nah, nah, you got to walk. <laughs> so yeah. I I'm wondering if something like that would help me like build up some of like the resistance to be able to like make it a little farther. Cause like, I don't feel confident enough to go on like a legit, like lengthy family bike ride. Yeah, I think it could, it could work. Um, like just buy it on Amazon and like return the it. Shitty return it. <laughs> yeah. Like I hate on Amazon a lot, but like their return policy is like a plus. second to none. Yeah. Other yeah. than like Costco's like old return policy. Yeah. Which you could return your TV like five years later, and no questions asked. But they stopped doing that a little bit ago. So. Yeah. I mean, as they should. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like yeah. unreasonable. <laughs> Nordstrom has a similar return policy, I think, too. Yeah. I, I usually don't buy anything from Nordstrom, though. So. I don't either. I'm too poor for that now. But like <laughs> when I was married and we had two incomes, like, I mean, I, I definitely ordered some clothes from there and like mm -hmm. shoes. Yeah. They have nice shoes there. They do, and they're like really comfortable. Oh, really? I've Some never of tried them, them anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they carry the brands other places too, but like a lot of them, if you've worn the shoes outside, 
and there's a fit issue, like they won't take them back. And Nordstrom is like, yeah, cool. They didn't work for you. Let's, we'll take them. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So I feel like it's, uh, I mean, obviously not dirty, but like it's, it's a, like they want to keep your business. Yeah. And they know that there are other places that you could go. And it's just nice because like, you could come at come back and spend that money on a different pair of shoes and then like the likelihood of you returning because of that positive interaction like i feel like it's a lot like car dealerships when they offer like a maintenance package and it's like mm-hmm. a reasonable thing and it's to get people used to bringing their car there for service yeah they make a shit ton of money on service at car dealerships yeah they fucking do <laughs> I always cringe at my job when someone's like, oh, I'm going to go take it to a dealership. I legally can't tell them that they shouldn't do that. But like in my mind, I'm like, mm, there's going to be a problem later down the road. <laughs> I mean, um, does like insurance like limit how much money they'll pay? Like, um, yeah. So, well, I mean, like legally, no, but like we only owe like the reasonable so like if, cost to repair so that estimate could be at like a preferred vendor and you could limit the repair cost to that and if it exceeds that then it's like out of their pocket yeah like i mean we you'd only owe like the reasonable rate right like if 10 shops are gonna fix it at this rate and you find the 11th shop that won't we're not gonna pay the 11th shops like rate you know what i mean yeah this is not I reasonable mean, the government's the same way, so. <laughs> yeah, I think most things are the same way. Like, if you, like, sue somebody, you have to be able to prove damages. You're only going to be able to prove, like, what the market cost is, not, like, what some person who charges way too much charges, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's reasonable. So I'm going to definitely look on Amazon. Maybe I won't buy it from Amazon just because I'm like just trying to like change my buying habits to like more so use it as like an indexing tool to find like what Mm -hmm. companies do sell it and then shop, not give my money, which is super shitty. But like, I don't know, Jeff Bezos is not a great person. He's not. He's like the only person like both like the left and the right hates equally. Well, he's just like a terrible person. Like he all is. of his workers are on like social programs because he doesn't pay them a living wage and he literally has billions of dollars. Like he could like straight up solve world hunger with his money and he chooses not to every day. Yeah. Yeah. Then he has the audacity to like buy the naming rights to the Seattle Arena and name it Climate Pledge Arena, like Bro, like you don't even know. Did that you happen? Even care. Yeah, he literally did that. Google Climate Pledge Arena. <laughs> I missed that. Or something like that. Yeah. I just feel like my oof meter would be off the charts. Yeah, it's like super cringy. Like nobody's asking for that, man. Like just solve problems with your money. Or like spend more money actually like donating and not like a million dollars, which is literally <laughs> like 10 bucks to you. Yeah. I think it was late last year or early this year. He pledged like $20 billion for like climate change stuff. But 
I don't know where all that stuff went. Like it might have been to his own foundation. So, oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and like it would be not the easiest thing in the world to track down if it like was really his or not. Especially if there's like, uh, like a a company behind it, and there's like Mm -hmm. multiple people in the company. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's smart people that could figure out how to do it, but like to somebody like me, like it wouldn't be really simple to follow the money. Mm Hmm. I think that's been a one positive thing that's come out of the pandemic is I don't do all my shopping exclusively at Amazon anymore, which, you know, I definitely used to other than like certain things like it forced me to like become creative for where I buy my things from because like Amazon just wouldn't ship you some stuff even though you needed it, you know. Because they wanted to prioritize things that they deemed essential when, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I ordered a pair of shoes because Sam had a growth spurt, yeah. and his shoes didn't fit him anymore. And they were like, cool, yeah, we need two weeks to ship this to you, even though it said it was in stock, and mm-hmm. it was prime shipping. And it was just kind of like, well, cool. So, I mean, I get that we're in a pandemic, and there are other, like, pressing things, but, like, my kid having shoes to wear is, like, important because like we go for walks and stuff and you can't do that like barefoot yeah and even like like audio and like camera equipment they didn't classify that as essential but like people are working from home if there's like any time where that stuff would be considered essential it's definitely now you know yeah i mean definitely like especially like let's say it was a doctor's office and they were going to do telehealth like Mm -hmm. I don't know. They're probably not, but not with like a nice like Yeti mic or something, but like. <laughs> but like um, the the Logitech camera, like the C920. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like those sold out super quickly during the pandemic. I bought mine for $20 like two years ago and I could probably flip it for like 100. No problem right now. What? Yeah. It's like a shitty little webcam too. Yeah, there's no Nintendo Switches around. Yeah. still and it, we're like how far into this march april may june july been a five, long ass time five months like i've lost count of how many weeks it's been so long yeah for real like do you remember when this all started like when we first heard about coronavirus and they were like oh don't touch your face sing happy birthday like when you're washing your hands and yeah. now we're like just stay home for it <laughs> And wear a mask at all times. Like, I feel we're like we're so far gone from those days. Yeah, I feel like though Washington shut down pretty fast. Like, I remember there was one weekend before, like, we were told to stay home, stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And I remember like begrudgingly canceling my plans because it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And I still think about that. Like, why was that so hard for me to like just want to do it and feel okay about it? Like I was so disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember it was the week that I was sent home from work. I had like a nail appointment and I kept it, but then I also had a hair appointment the next weekend. And then I was like, hmm. I really feel like I shouldn't be doing this. So, but it was like tough because that's something that I enjoy having done. 
and I still want to look good. Yeah. But... Well, and not only that, like you have relationships with those people providing those services. At least I do. Mm-hmm. And like, you know that you're not going like they may or may not be able to rebook that service. And like, that's. Oh, like... yeah. 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 That was definitely something that crossed my mind. Like, are the people who I who do my services, are, are they even going to be able to support themselves if like there's a mass cancellation? So there's lifting like that weighing on my mind but at the same time like oh yeah i mean it's a safety issue yeah like i'm high risk with a high risk like family member um as well so it's like you just can't take any chances and during that time i didn't even know i was like high risk so yeah isn't it funny how like that definition just kind of expanded and Then they added like the caveat, like people with pre-existing conditions, and it's like there's like a crazy high number of people that have pre-existing yeah. conditions. Like it's like a quarter or a third or something of Americans. So oh yeah, I, I would wager to say like a ton of people have pre some kind of pre-existing condition. So like it's just a matter of like people not recognizing that they have those ex- pre-existing conditions because they're not like willing to accept it or see it as like something that could hurt them or it's not like an everyday like hindrance in their daily life right um like if you have like high blood pressure or something like you take your medication and then you just like you know eat healthy and it's live a normal life yeah yeah so you don't think about it like oh if i get this coronavirus like oh i'm like one of the higher risk people so yeah because your heart rate is not great mm-hmm. yeah yeah or even people who like have asthma or yeah. have like a inhaler you know yeah like it's to the point where oh it's like no big deal but when something like this happens like oh it, it is a is it is a pretty big deal yeah i think that's kind of like the hard part too is like with them saying we want to open the schools and get them back to schools. And the president's saying that he's going to take away funding if we don't have in-person education. Like, yes, we know that in-person education is the best option, but mm-hmm. like, my kid has asthma and it was like pretty moderate to severe. And it's like, it's lessened as he's like going through puberty and stuff. And his little brother had asthma as a baby and he's like mostly outgrown it. Like he hasn't needed an inhaler or a nebulizer in probably like three years at this point. Mm-hmm, okay. But that doesn't mean that like it's gone. Like it still yeah. is a something that is like possible to like come back or be a problem. So I just think about that. And I think about like, even if he doesn't like he goes to school in person and his brother doesn't, he's still bringing those germs back home. So yeah. 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 yeah I think there is, just way too many people still who think like it's no big deal um like i see this like this uh, argument used by people like oh i can't believe that they shut down the country for a disease with like a 99 percent survival rate which is like it's not even true you know like even the people who survive like they have permanent damage from this from this itself right like it often causes like permanent lung damage and there's people who still have like the disease 
like weeks and months after they've been diagnosed. So it's not like a two week thing that everybody like keeps saying it is like, this is a serious thing. And I think people are just want to be over it. And I do too, but that doesn't reflect like reality, you know, like the coronavirus doesn't care if you have plans over the summer or, you know, you want to go to uh, a family reunion or you want to go watch a movie, like it's still going to be there. And I think America in particular, we're really all about like our individual, like liberties to a fault where we can't even sacrifice that for the greater good, even if it's just for a little bit, you know? Yeah, just like the individualism mindset versus the um, collectivism mindset that most mm-hmm. other countries have. Like, and I think that's why like socialism, people are so against it here, despite having like a socialist school system, mm-hmm. so Medicare, like things yeah. like that. And it's just like kind of mind boggling because like it's okay in certain situations, but it's not okay in others. And it's just like, you know, a lot of it's selfishness or just like not understanding yeah. Um, and I think that that's really, really hard to like see that mentality of like, I don't know, when we were talking earlier about like just like customer service, the customer is always right. Like, I just feel like it's <laughs> that mentality. Yeah. I always think about like how like a lot of Asian countries reacted to the coronavirus and where they're at now. Like, South Korea was like one of the best countries in the world. And pretty much everything is normal there now. Like, you can go like esports tournaments and concerts and stuff. Like in oh, Japan, where they had a breakout. Yeah. A scream inside your heart. <laughs> <laughs> in Japan, they had like a full blown like wrestling show where people were like socially distanced and everybody's wearing a mask, but there was like a crowded, like, you know, indoor stadium. Um, and they're fine. Like, like life has gone on in these other countries, but we're so stubborn in America that we're just gonna like keep acting against our own self-interest because we can't sacrifice like even for a small portion of time, you know? I think yeah. that's really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think like even um, the president saying like only this or the was it the CDC, the lady in that thing, she had mm-hmm. like that press conference and they didn't have Dr. Fauci there because I guess they're not on speaking terms or something. Yeah. And uh, she just said that the death rate would be like 3% and most of the people that would die would already have been sick anyway. And it's like, that feels so fucked up. Like just to not care about disabled people, like that mm-hmm. is so fucked up to be able to say something like that and have that be something they cling to. Like I was so angry when I It's like modern day eugenics, basically. Yeah, it is 100%. And it's like, how dare you say that people that are already sick, like it's no big deal if they die. Like people live mm-hmm. full and complete lives. Some of our greatest like achievers were disabled, you know? Yeah. Like, you think about Stephen Hawking, like he was 
disabled like most of his adult life and like we wouldn't be in the society where we are without him you know or fdr even like yeah most people didn't even know that he couldn't walk yeah i i mean i feel like i didn't really know that when i was first learning about him oh yeah nobody um, did yeah they are just not handling this well and it's very very difficult and i just feel like a little powerless like when they say they're going to reopen schools and the president threatens to cut off like funding Mm -hmm. and it's just like what am i supposed to do like what am i going to do like do i just have to risk our lives or like what's my work going to do if the state just says like yeah we have to do it you know like i don't know it's just a lot i don't get why people are so eager to get back to normal when like there's no normal to go back to like if you just treat the disease like it doesn't exist you're gonna contract it eventually or if you don't like experience symptoms you're gonna pass it on to somebody who is a vulnerable member of the population like i don't think a lot of people think about their individual actions and the ramifications it has on other people um but there's been like posts uh, of like people on social media who like said they don't want to wear a mask and bragged about like going to like a, a party on like um, memorial day or fourth of july and then they contract the virus and they die yeah well I just think it's really shitty that it came out during July, which is Disability Awareness Month, for them to just have, like, a shitty take like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know, I just saw, like, a, a news article that there is a coronavirus outbreak in Japan on the military bases on in Okinawa. There's, like, 61 um, Marines that are infected, and they're really upset at the United States response because they're not taking it seriously. And I just think about like how they've controlled their disease so well in that country. Like, how frustrating would it be to have that happen? Yeah, yeah, that would be unacceptable. Like, if someone, if the roles were reversed, and like we had like Japanese soldiers or something and they weren't controlling the outbreak, the United States would probably consider, like, military actions against that country, you know? Oh, 100%. And it's just... I I don't know. Like, America's great about certain things, but working together is not one of them. (laughs) Even if it's for the greater good and their own self-interest, you know? So... I don't know. Maybe something will change in the next few months. Maybe people will start taking it seriously. But like Disney World and Disneyland just reopened. Yeah, I saw that. And Walt Disney World isn't going to provide any testing or any paid time off if their uh, cast members contract the virus and they're they're not allowing the performers so like the princesses Mm -hmm. and stuff to wear a mask while they're performing and literally kids go up to them and they're not allowed to like push them away like what the fuck yeah we live in a dystopian society yeah 
I don't watch a lot of the news anymore, and I get a lot of my news and information from social media. And it's been really interesting to see how that shift of information giving mm-hmm. has has changed. And I think today we're going to be talking about social media as a whole and our experiences with it and how it's changed. Do you remember the first social media site that you joined? I do. It yeah. it was Zanga. <laughs> and it was like that's one of those websites where you would just take the HTML text from other websites and you would drop it into your your look and feel of your page and then you would manually mess with the colors and then you would adjust like what the background image was that was embedded and yeah it was kind of cool like to have learned how to do all of that it was cool i also had a zanga way back when i felt like it was mostly an asian thing like i remember only my asian friends were on zanga but i don't know how prevalent it was in other communities maybe well, I, I mean just... i'm not gonna lie all, all my friends growing up were asian so like <laughs> maybe one or two white friends but i mean that okay I mean, you might okay. be right like <laughs> yeah okay yeah it's a valid observation i guess <laughs> what was your first your first social media um so i guess it's technically it may not be a social media site but it was the first one where I made content and like my friends, I could friend people was a live journal. Um, I was a big live journal person back in high school. Yeah, and, definitely. You know, it wasn't, it was pretty customizable too, but not to extent of like Zanga. Um, but I remember getting into like, like designing your live journal and like putting the code in so that you're, background won't move when you scroll and you know cool stuff like that real cool guy things yeah i feel like those are definitely skills i didn't retain no i didn't yeah yeah i don't know it's just really interesting to see like i remember myspace let you have like a profile song and (laughs) when facebook came around like people were hesitant to like get on board yeah. Because you couldn't have like a song on it. And now in today's Facebook, you can have featured songs on your fucking Facebook. Like, oh, I didn't how know is that, that not irony? Like, <laughs> uh, I never had a MySpace. What? Yeah, I know. I know. Like, I I literally have never made a MySpace page, but I know about it because it was like during the time where like Live Journal was like dwindling. But you still have like Zanga and, you know, like MySpace was like the juggernaut, right? So I felt like yeah. I only had doled out like a couple years. Yeah. For MySpace to like diminish and then like Facebook to become what it is. I mean, I feel like those were like pivotal. I was like 16 ish to like 21. And then that's when like Facebook, like MySpace was dead. Facebook was what you used. And okay. yeah, I mean, it was so pivotal though, because it was like you had a breakup and it was like that bitch is out of your, your top <laughs> eight. Like, maybe I was just like clinging on to like Live Journal for way too long then, because I felt like my experience was like Live Journal and then like straight to Facebook. 
And I was in college when Facebook was like a thing. I mean, that's who they like marketed it to, right? Was yeah. Like you had to have an EDU. Yeah. And then eventually they opened it up to you could invite other people. Mm hmm. Yeah. I remember getting an invite from my college roommate uh, to join Facebook. Um, and I think he was like my first friend on there. And yeah, it, I didn't even take it seriously until, I don't know, like, I just thought it was going to be some like passing fad, like MySpace was. So I didn't really think too much of it. Well, I think it's going to definitely be like a generational platform. Like mm -hmm. my kids think that old people use Facebook. They do. <laughs> yeah. And like my nieces and nephews, like my niece still has Facebook and uses it. She's mostly on Instagram. But I think about like the platforms they tend to use and shift towards. And then her younger siblings mm -hmm. are not necessarily as active on those platforms, like specifically like her youngest brother. Like I just feel like that generation is not going to be using facebook as much it's more so so they could probably see like their baby photos and stuff but yeah yeah i feel like a lot of people a lot of younger people these days don't even have a facebook i don't know if i want my kids to have that you know what i mean like i mm -hmm. just feel like there are so many bad things that happen online or like creepy pedophiles messaging your kids or yeah yeah and so it's kind of like a balance of like do I want to introduce this to them like Samuel's turning 13 this upcoming year mm -hmm. and the terms of service allow them to have their own accounts and so I feel like we've been pretty good about honoring that just to yeah. a certain extent I think it's like the social circle of that kid who that determines whether or not that's something they even want. You know what I mean? Like if nobody like back in college, if like nobody else would have joined Facebook, like I wouldn't have cared about it. And I feel like, you know, I haven't been a kid in a long time, but like if I were a kid and all my friends are like on Instagram, I would feel pressured to have an Instagram, but if none of my friends are on Facebook, I could give two shits about like joining it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a peer pressure thing. Like I thought Facebook mm -hmm. was really stupid. And then Whitney was like, it's so fun. You should be on there. <laughs> yeah. Like there would be periods of time where we would have sleepovers. We'd be laying in bed next to each other and we would just be trolling people on Facebook together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i felt like the the highs of facebook were really high you know like you get to connect with people outside of like the space where you met them which was usually in like class or whatever but it was like kind of just a low-key way to like get to know someone instead of like because before you just like would have to ask for their phone number <laughs> and be, like yeah. a thing you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and I think it like, I don't know, for me, it's like, I always wonder what people are up to or what they're doing. And um, mm -hmm. it kind of takes that away because like, you know what they're up to. And it just kind of takes away like, I don't need to go to a school reunion because I'm friends with the people I wanted to stay in touch with. And yeah, 
Um, yeah. Are you still friends with like your oldest friend on Facebook? Um, so I go through periods of deleting my entire Facebook and starting over. I think I've actually restarted Facebook three times <laughs> and I will like fully delete all of the content individually. So I can't go back instead of just deactivating like a normal person and coming back to it later. Yeah. Um, so I would say maybe, I don't know. I don't know who my first Facebook friend was. Probably Whitney. Whitney probably. So yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> is she your first friend on this current iteration of your account? Yes. Okay. I mean, she was the first request I sent. She's not always on, so she probably wasn't the first person to accept. Okay. Technically, like the first person you sent a request to or received a request from. Yeah, it's really interesting to see how life has changed where it used to be like a really integral part of our life and i feel like as we've gotten older it doesn't help with your anxiety so mm -hmm. like she's been able to take a step back for her own sanity and like i feel like it's like for me where i'll just disappear off social media for like three to six months and then i'll be back yeah. um it's just trying to like deal with the consumption of the information overload and it's a coping strategy and i think mm -hmm. about like trying to like manage my time that i spend on social media and it's like really hard because you know with chronic illnesses when those things flare it's very difficult to like maintain conventional friendships like i can't show up at your house i can't hang out with you i can't yeah i can't function let alone like cook or do chores or like things like that. So I feel like it's like a double-edged sword, right? Like it can connect you or it can also like isolate you. Yeah. I feel you. What What's the longest break that you've had from social media or Facebook? I want to say it was like a couple days shy of a year. I reactivated right before my birthday. Oh, uh, okay. That's pretty lengthy. Yeah. I, you know, I think everybody should have, like, a break from social media, especially, like, Facebook and Instagram and, like, Snapchat, like, platforms where a lot of your friends are on. Um, because, you know, when I would say around 2013, 2012, like, I had a really toxic relationship with like social media in general, especially Facebook, where I felt like I was missing out on like the things my friends were doing. And instead of like making me joyful or happy that something they did was fun or cool, it kind of made me resentful that I wasn't there to like partake or I was busy or I couldn't join in for any number of reasons and I felt like it was just like really weighing heavily on me like I would definitely get like down on myself and depressed that oh this person who's younger than me is able to do this but I can't afford to do that I must suck as a person you know what I mean 
Yeah, I mean, there's like subtle fluxes of like socioeconomic status, like, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of that content is super, super curated. And like at the inception of Facebook, like it was really hard to identify that and like yeah. not constantly compare yourself. And I feel like now that we've grown up with it and aged with it, it's a lot easier to like recognize like, yeah, life is complex. It's not like it's always their best foot forward that they're putting on. Right. And that was a difficult lesson to learn for me, like. I thought like people were just having fun all the time and didn't realize, oh, people are just like as fucked up or more fucked up than, than, than me, you know, like everybody's just like, like you're saying, like putting their best foot forward on like social media because who, who wouldn't do that? Right. Like, it's just like, you know, they probably want some self-esteem or some, like approval of the things that they do that's not a bad thing you know you want i think it's healthy to want some positive reinforcement on the things that you do or memories that you share with people but i was just not ready for that um and so i took like i kind of took a long break from like facebook (laughs) yeah I mean, I think it's good to take breaks to take care of yourself. I think that's, I yeah. think that's reasonable and necessary. Yeah, I felt like I had to learn like how to be content with my own station in life before I could even have like a semi-functional like relationship with social media, Facebook specifically. Um, I think I ended up taking like a three-year hiatus from Facebook. That's a long time. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite a while, and I remember, <laughs> I remember like getting called out for not having a Facebook with my friends because they wanted to tag me in it, and I would be like, you know, the weird person that didn't <laughs> that didn't have a Facebook, um, and even then, like when I needed to log in for like Spotify because I connected my Spotify account to my Facebook. I would get like messages like, hey, how come you didn't tell me you're back on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> Which like goes to show you how like how integral that was to people's social life back then. But now like who cares? Like I couldn't tell you which one of my friends are on Facebook, which one are. You know what I mean? Like it's its importance has been diminished um in the last I would say four or five years. Which I think is yeah. a good thing. Well, it's made it a lot easier too to like, I don't know, get the idea of like what a person's like. Like, especially like mm-hmm. in the dating world, like you can kind of get a feel for what kind of person they are based on like what kind of information they share and what kind of things that they say or engage with and how they engage. Like I just feel like Yeah. It I is it is a good like barometer i think because if they're willing to share this thing in public like imagine like what they aren't sharing in public you know as far as like you know opinions go like well i feel like from people who are sharing like their relationships and are just tagging their partner in like really sappy posts all the time like i usually am like oh this is a red flag something is not right there (laughs) and they're like making a front or 
they're really codependent, like say that to the person, like physically say it to them. Like, yeah, I written note that says like, I love you. I think you're great. It's like nice every once in a while. But like, if you're doing it like every week or every day, like it just makes me uncomfortable. Like just make it so Mm -hmm. it's only visible to that person. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Have you ever like thought you've known a person and then like added them on Facebook and then realized like you didn't know them at all? Yeah, um, there have definitely been a few of those, I think. What about you? Yeah, um, like in the in my hiatus, I stopped like. I, I haven't used like my old main account um, ever since like, you know, 2013 or so. Um, so I started a new one when I did get back on. And I didn't bother adding, like, a lot of my friends who, like, I didn't just, I didn't, like, keep up with or, you know, didn't request me first. So sometimes I go on my, like, old Facebook, which has, like, people from, like, high school and elementary school, you know, people I've grown up with. And it's so surprising where they are now, like... I remember one of the guys that I was with in choir, like my memory of him is that he was like super nice guy. I think he, he was religious. I think he gave me like a Bible or something on like a field trip that we had. And now like 20 years or so later, he's like a gun rights activist. He like, makes fun of like immigrants and (laughs) just like an overall shitty person on social media yeah and it's just amazing how much time will change somebody you know someone that you were cool enough to like hang out with and like become friends on facebook now like wow this person has like none of the same values as me and i wouldn't add this person in a million years if this was the person i met all these years ago you know um so it's kind of interesting like seeing that aspect of it um i think people have been more emboldened in the last four years to share their shitty opinions and hateful opinions yeah and it's just like how much hate did you grow up with for you to feel like to be like even to be publicly like a piece of shit you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah and it's surprising the number of like people who i thought were cool or like chill like have like very ignorant or like anti-trans specifically opinions like the most common thing i see now is like support of like banning like student trans athletes from competing in their preferred gender you know um which is like a thinly veiled attempt to like restrict trans people's rights and it's amazing how people who i will agree with on the political spectrum um will still have such 
such like I don't know a very old like way of thinking about gender and sexuality you know um and I think it goes to show you like how much like ignorance there still is on trans issues um <laughs> I remember I think it was like I forget who of the like democratic presidential candidates was talking about trans issues and he was talking about how he's going to be an ally to the trans community and he's going to make sure that trans women have like access to like abortions <laughs> like bro that's not even like a thing you need to worry about <laughs> like <laughs> It's just so funny that like some people are just so out of touch. Like they they want to be helpful, but they don't know enough to like be helpful because they won't read yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean, it's just made it really obvious that whoever that person was, that they're not really an ally if they don't really know what's up. Yeah, and I think there's like a certain like level that they just have to seek that information out and learn, but like. I don't know, some of the people, like, and this person that I know is gay. So it was even more surprising to me that they would come out with that sort of opinion. Um, and it was really hurtful, which, you know, it is what it is. Like, it's social media, so I've learned to, like, pick and choose my battles on it. Because you can't just, like try to talk sense to people if they're not in good faith willing to listen you know you're just talking to a brick wall and they're yeah. just trying to insult you so well, and a lot of the time people aren't willing to be open to new information even when they're mm -hmm. confronted with facts which is like <laughs> yeah you know it's hard yeah yeah so you know one thing that i do miss about facebook is mm -hmm. or not facebook but myspace is that you could have like a profile tracker and you could see which profiles were looking at your page and Facebook oh, nice. doesn't let you know who's like creeping on you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty nice. Have you ever like been interested in someone and like Facebook crept them? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I feel like even more so like when Whitney would have a crush on somebody and I like didn't know the person, I would <laughs> definitely creep those people. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of keep tabs on them. Mm hmm Kind of creepy if you, like, think about it nowadays, but, like, that was just the thing that people did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I couldn't imagine ever doing that to someone, like, that I met, like, on a dating app or something. That'd be, like, super, I don't know, stalkerish. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's not like i feel like that's just like a thing like that's a social norm now like maybe people don't they're not upfront about it but like 100 percent, every person i know like definitely checks into yeah their their history a little bit just to see like is this person a creep i feel um, like if they I, if it's like you send the request and they accept it then it's fair game like, you can yeah. delve into their history as much as you want, but, like, 
I, in the past, maybe weren't friends with these people. So I would like try my best to like Facebook creep them from afar. Um, Have you ever accidentally crept too far and like accidentally liked something too far back? <laughs> Because I sure have. Like, I've had so many humiliating, like, online moments. And then, like, it's even worse when the person's like, hey, why did you like this thing from, like, four years ago? Uh, I don't think I've ever done that. I'm pretty careful. And it brings it back. Like, if you like it, the algorithm will put it in other people's feeds so other people will know you did it. That's so funny. I just feel like it's humiliation <laughs> on humiliation. It's even worse when somebody points out like, hey, how did this get brought back up? And then they have to say, so-and-so liked this. And you're like, oh, God, I just want to crawl into a hole and die, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I don't think I've ever done that to people. But people have definitely done that to me. Like, <laughs> there was someone who I'm still friends with their husband but she isn't friends with me on my new account. And she like friend requested me and I saw the friend request. And then when I got back to it, it wasn't there anymore. So oh, weird. <laughs> I it's know like she changed your mind. I think she just accidentally did it. She was creeping on my Facebook profile. Oh yeah. Probably. I mean, I've done that. I've been guilty of that. I think <laughs> I'm sure that I've been guilty of it. I just honestly don't care anymore. Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess I could be, like, passive-aggressive and, like, do it just so you know that I did it. Yeah. 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 One thing that I don't employ a whole lot is the blocking feature. And I honestly feel like it is worth my time to do that. It is. Blocking is an exercise in mental health. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) And I definitely looked at it as like this person hasn't caused like actual harm to me when that's not true and them having shitty opinions about even just my existence or like me believing my lifestyle is bad you know like yeah I don't have to subject myself to that like I don't need to and I appreciate that I can remove those people and not feel guilt about it now yeah yeah. I'm not going to lie that like sometimes I do still log on to my old Facebook and like police it and see like who's being shitty and who's 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 cool still. So I don't know. I, yeah. I feel like I'm a glutton for punishment sometimes. Like I just want to be like, I don't know, maybe it's a kink. <laughs> <laughs> I should explore that. Uh, oops, that's my kink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give me shitty opinions, daddy. Uh, <laughs> block me harder <laughs> uh, yeah blue lives do matter uh. <laughs> yeah i i just feel like being a teenager and growing up with social media being able to experience like cyberbullying for the first time mm-hmm. or getting into a fight online and having it be like really heated like i remember that there was like this like comment box or talk box or chat box or something that you could put on your page and you could anonymously comment about somebody oh it's a lot like sarah now but it was like a it's like a little applet that you could put on your like zanga or 
like your your the shout box i think that's yeah i think that's what it's called yeah yeah and so like you could troll people and the only like way of tracing it would be to like look at the ip address that posted it and see if it matched anybody (laughs) else um so i was like very i had two computers and oh fancy i know <laughs> i would go up and well my sister she had her laptop too and so I, if i was going to talk shit i would do it from a different computer like <laughs> i was mad at that person that's fucked up right that's but old like school vpn <laughs> oh my god but like i was like 16 15 like didn't really have any like adult supervision on the internet because my mm-hmm. mom like didn't really understand it so i feel like being a grown-ass adult who experienced that, like, my kids' social media experience and introduction is going to be very different. They're going to get educated on how the things they say online definitely impact real life. Mm -hmm. And you need to be a good person on the internet and in real life. Like, you can't just be shitty on the internet to people for fun and expect there not to be consequences. Yeah, unless you do it anonymously (laughs) through a VPN. Or I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, actually heckling, like, shitty people who are, yeah. like, harming people versus, like, saying that they're going to kill you or something. Like, mm-hmm. like understanding the legality and the consequences and the weight of the things that they say or could say, like, could put their life in a uncomfortable or scary or bad position by doing that yeah and like just talking to him about people who had shitty takes in early 2000s internet and those tweets are like resurfacing Mm -hmm. and people are getting like canceled over it instead of like just owning like yeah i had this shitty belief and i was wrong and here's how i've changed and what i'm doing to undo the harm that i caused yeah yeah so i mean i just think that it's inevitable that we have we've all had shitty takes at some point in our life. Oh, and I've never it- had a shitty take. What are you talking about? <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> it's documented in our social media history. And when you look back ten years ago, which I can't because mm-hmm. all my shit's deleted, I'm sure that I've said things that I don't agree with now. Yeah, I, I think so too. I was very ignorant of like LGBTQ issues. Oh, um, totally. Like in my youth and yeah. I just didn't get it. And I was raised that it wasn't okay and that lifestyle was a sin and that homosexuality was a choice. And like, that's not true. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like people think that homosexuality or like anything about gender is a choice, but it's a choice in, in to come out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. To share that with people, to know that it's like not a norm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I I really hope that in our lifetime we will see some sort of societal shift about how um, sex and gender are perceived. And I really, really hope that we can get to a more like less gendered world, like just mm-hmm. so like the colors aren't gendered and activities aren't gendered and being strong physically isn't gendered. Like yeah, that is a human thing, not a man versus woman thing or a non-binary thing. Like mm-hmm. it would be really neat to see those lines be, I don't know, have more freedom to like express yourself without getting like a shitty label smacked on you. Yeah. I hope we get there. 
I mean, there's been like first, you know, like Sports Illustrated just announced their first trans swimsuit model. So that's a step in the right direction. But anytime I like see something about trans people, like a news article, I know the comments are going to be shitty. Yeah, don't go there. It's yeah. like self-care is not reading the comment section. <laughs> yeah. And so like we still have so much progress to make. Like, especially with the JK Rowling stuff. Like Oh my god. JK Rowling was like a feminist icon, you know? <sighs> yeah. And she has like such a massive platform, like mm-hmm. the like wide range of harm that she can cause from her platform, like what the fuck like yeah. i really hope that cancel culture does work and that they do cancel her and that she does <laughs> feel it because i feel like nothing has more power than saying you don't get any more money right. even though she already has like billions of dollars billions so of dollars yeah i mean what's a drop in the bucket did you see that letter on that she signed along with like a, a bunch of other people about stopping cancel culture Harper's Magazine or something. What an idiot. Like, oh, excuse me, multi-billion dollar author. Um, sorry you said something shitty on the internet and people and said you're accountable. mean things to you, but like, like, you still have millions of followers on Twitter. You still make millions of dollars each year doing nothing. You know, like, yeah. you are not being canceled. People don't like you anymore, but like, you're still probably the most influential female author ever right now as yeah, we speak. I was like, well, Mary Shelley is pretty incredible. But yeah. Yeah. She's not alive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just hard. Like I, you know what? I think that she probably wouldn't be canceled if she acknowledged that she was wrong mm-hmm. and like started to undo the harm she did. Like, I don't know. I just think that that is like very, very frustrating that I didn't see that, but I would have been really mad if I did see it. So I'm happy I did it. (laughs) Yeah. At the, at the end of the day, like people, a lot of people who are against cancel culture really just want to be able to say shitty things on the internet with like unchecked ramifications. Yeah. 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 Which has never been the case. You can't do that. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think about, like, how social media has brought up, like, problematic people, problematic ideas, things that are still ongoing. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, like, with, like, Shane Dawson as a YouTuber and Jeffree Star. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And YouTube is like a dumpster fire right now. Oh, my God. And it's very interesting because, like, people have the receipts and, like, the Wayback Machine has archived Mm -hmm. a lot of those, like, pages. So, I mean, it's pretty telling, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a shitty thing that people try to do. Like, when they say, like, anything you do on the Internet is out there forever, they really mean it, like. You might have deleted it, but I'm sure someone somewhere has a has screenshot some... or has archived it or something like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Without their knowledge, even you know. So. Yeah, what is your favorite social media platform and why? Uh... 
So my undisputed number one is Twitter. Yeah. I love Twitter. Mostly because my friends are on t- aren't on Twitter. So it's not like boring like everyday stuff that people are sharing. That's for like Facebook. But like I follow a lot of journalists, a lot of like content creators, YouTubers, Twitch streamers, like celebrities, like people who have like interesting things that they're doing or interesting things they have to say. So or like history stories. Yeah. yeah. Or like um one of my favorite accounts right now is Best of Next Door. Do you know what Next yeah. Door is? Uh it's the neighborhood watch app basically. Yeah, where like the social media neighborhood and... thing. Yeah. 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 So I follow Best of Next Door and it's like hilarious. <laughs> there was one of my favorite stories was when um there's someone's like son came over for like the holidays or something and he like blocked fox news on his mom's <laughs> direct so tv and oh. she was like someone please help me with my tv box they blocked fox news and i don't know how to how to turn it back on <laughs> oh that's so funny good for their kid though that's shout like, out to that guy <laughs> yeah like helping his parents open up that <laughs> Yeah, good for him. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite? Um, gosh. I mean, probably Instagram. Yeah. I mean, I don't post as much now, but I feel like educationally, like I respond really well to like short um graphics that really um I don't know, illustrate the point and like give additional resources if I want to read more about it and they just like are quick factual pieces that I can very accessibly share. Mm. Um, so I'd probably say that. I, I just think it's funny because like you said, none of your friends are on Twitter. Like I, I have a Twitter account, but I really like, I don't use Twitter every day. Like I, <laughs> I go on it to find something that got shared on like Facebook or something just to see like the rest of the comments to see uh-huh. like what other things were being said and like, how the joke kept going um <laughs> yeah the twitter comments are pretty fun sometimes when they're like so good about a meme or we're roasting somebody that's that's <laughs> the best <laughs> yeah i am always there for a good roast but yeah i mean i don't know so it's interesting is like when i signed up for twitter i was like deeply entrenched into church culture mm-hmm. and so all of my twitter was like football and church people and then (laughs) I got divorced and I logged into my Twitter a little bit later and it was just like football and church people and it was like when I got divorced I also left the church I also deleted that Facebook Mm -hmm. and just started over and it was such a bad place that I was like I gotta counteract this and so I unfollowed a bunch of the people and accounts and Mm -hmm. I followed porn stars to try to balance that out (laughs) which wasn't a great choice but it's just hard for me to like I don't know get back in there and want to do that just because like I feel like Twitter doesn't have all of like the controls like the community standards because I feel like for a while they're like they could just straight up post like porn yeah I think they still can (laughs) yeah and I feel like how do they keep kids from seeing that or being exposed to that like 
I don't know. Because you, you have to be kids 13 are on to have Twitter, an account. Though, right? I don't know I how think, old I you have to be. I think kids are on Twitter. I mean, I, I feel like they're on like TikTok and Twitter. Oh, uh, I don't know. I feel like the average Twitter user, at least in my experience, is like 30. Like, Interesting. Like a millennial. Like, definitely. Gen Z. I don't think Gen Z is on Twitter. They're on, like, TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. No, maybe you're right. Um, yeah. Well, that's just been my experience. Like, that's... Most of the people I follow are, like, around my age or a little bit younger, a little bit older. Do you have a TikTok? No. I don't. So I'm... I, I just... I just can't. Like, I just can't. <laughs> I, it was, like, a struggle for me to like join instagram um, really yeah because i just i i don't like taking pictures like that's not my thing like a lot of people just have accounts though mostly to interact like post a couple times they don't look like a bot or like some sort of creep but <laughs> i feel like you're seeing more like family posts or like, you're going to see more of people's, like, hey, I cooked this, or hey, I built yeah. this. And, like, you don't get that same validation from Facebook. Like, you can engage other people with those same hobbies with those hashtags. And mm -hmm. I feel like Instagram was the place that really, like, revolutionized those hashtags. And now we use them everywhere. Like I, I just... think it was Twitter that used the hashtag first. You think so? I'm very curious. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm pretty gonna sure. It Let's Google it. People don't really use hashtags on Twitter that much anymore, so it's more of an Instagram thing, but pretty sure it was Twitter that um, that was first used. They were used on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, it say. started back in August 23rd of 2007 from a tweet by a San Francisco techie See? and former Google developer Chris Messina. I told you. He invented the hashtag. <laughs> all right i stand corrected it's so funny how that has the name hashtag now i know and like you'll know if like how old the person is because they'll say pound sign <laughs> yeah i wonder yeah. why that's like what did they change the name mm, i don't know that it. it's just like the context that it's used right like a pound sign is like when you're calling somebody and a hashtag is categorizing information it's like a metadata tag i don't know maybe i just i just find it weird that have the same symbol and it has two different names yeah i agree and it's really hard on like calls when you're like oh yeah the password is pound blah 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 and <laughs> it's like or hashtag blah 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 yeah you know? and it's just like what do I say? I don't know. I don't know, like, the person's experience, <laughs> if they're going to know what that is. Yeah. I think everyone knows hashtag now, so I usually just say hashtag. I wonder how long it'll be before, like, the robotic systems, like, get updated. What do you mean, robotic systems? Like, you know, oh, when you use, call like, in the pound? pharmacy. Yeah, instead of saying, press the pound key. Oh, yeah. 20 years, maybe? Yeah. You're probably right. How long until you think people stop calling it Kinko's? Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like ours is still branded FedEx Kinko's. Is Maybe it? it's not. 
I don't know. I don't think anything is branded Kinko's anymore. It's just like FedEx. I, mean, I don't know the last time that I like used a Kinko's, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, I've used it like a couple years ago when I had to get like a car sign printed. Okay. But yeah, I haven't used it in a while. Do you have any favorite like Reddit communities? Yeah, I guess so. Um, it depends. Like, I think my experience with Reddit has been more of like a flavor of the, not necessarily weak, but like, you know, passing interests, you know, like I'll get really into a game and I join the subreddit and then I'm not interested in that game anymore <laughs> and I'm still on the subreddit and I'm like, mm, I'm going to quit. <laughs> so... I feel like that's like my Twitter experience is like yeah. I'll follow people and then I won't like unfollow them and I'll just be like this place isn't great because I <laughs> like there's nothing of interest and I think I just need to spend more time like curating that content that I'm seeing. Yeah. Although I will say that it's I think Reddit is super helpful in like hobbies. Like when I was first like building computers, it was helpful. Yeah. Well, even things like legal help or personal finance and like just seeing how people are able to pay off their student loans and just mm -hmm. to do things differently and like give really sound advice on stuff, like pretty cool. Yeah, there's some pretty cool things on on Reddit. Like I subscribe to Egg IRL and Trans, which are two like trans uh, subreddits on on reddit um and they're mostly meme focused like egg is the term we use for people who are trans but haven't like realized it yet or come out to themselves or to other people oh i didn't so, know that yeah i learned something new today <laughs> i feel like i use facebook for like memes a lot of the time like oh um, yeah yeah you're I'm like an old of, person. I know I am. I'm in a, I'm in so many shit posting groups and like groups where we pretend like it's the early 2000s and like oh no hundreds of cat groups. <laughs> um, I'm not usually on a lot of Facebook groups. I feel like there's just too many shitty people that post shitty things on there. You know, like I completely agree with you there's a lot of people with shitty opinions on the internet period mm -hmm. but like for like the chronic illness perspective i need some of the older seasoned sick people to be in my feed to be able to give me feedback and like talk <laughs> about maybe things that i haven't tried that have been around a really long time yeah that's true i think it would, i guess it would be helpful for support groups um stuff like that because there's yeah, a lot of I mean, older people there and they've had more experience coping with the diseases longer. And mm -hmm. so I feel like just having somebody that has like more experience with dealing with that, like new people that are newly diagnosed or people that are going through like really, really heavy times make support groups a difficult place to be. And like without more people like that, being able to be supportive and encouraging or to be able to be like, hey, like we're here is... I feel like my experience has been better on Facebook just because the age demographic is a lot wider. Yeah. Whereas like 
Reddit is mostly people in our age range that are like logging into those places, I guess. Mm -hmm. I, I think so. I don't like to engage in a lot of Facebook groups. Um, I, I still do in a little bit. Like there's like a Seattle magic group that I'm in. There's like a high end magic group that I'm in. There's a secret group that I won't talk about on this podcast group that I'm in. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I find myself not using Facebook as much anymore for like group groups, but more yeah. like my personal friends that I know in real life that I just yeah. want to share something quick with, you know? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it uh, that makes total sense. And I mean... Yeah. I don't know. I guess I just look at it differently because, like, my experience is, is I'm a moderator in some of, like, the chronic illness mm -hmm. support groups that I'm in. And I look at just, like, that experience and how it's connecting, like, people like me that have similar struggles that I have. Um, yeah. And, and I don't really necessarily seek out all of my hobbies on Facebook, like besides cats obviously but <laughs> i i think i use different social medias for like different reasons and like different mm -hmm. facets of like my personality and my hobbies like same i think that's fair yeah i think facebook is my personal site um twitter is my like memes and like you know spicy takes site <laughs> and reddit's yeah. like i don't know sales mostly now oh <laughs> i did use it to fix my mic issue for the listeners out there we were supposed to record yesterday but i had a mic issue and i struggled for like an entire hour like trying to figure out what was going on and i found the answer in this like random reddit post that had two upvotes in it and it completely fixed my issue so reddit's you know, helpful for those types of things. Um, but yeah, I, I generally try to stay out of like the political subreddits because they're kind of, they're kind of trash sometimes. Oh, um, definitely. Yeah. But they, you know, sales are good. Like I'm on build the PC sales, even though I don't really buy PC parts that much anymore. It's good to know like that something is going for, market value and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. so I, and twitter is probably the, the time i spend the most on is you know it's people that i know through like um other platforms like that yeah. they write on or create content for and i get to know them a little bit more and like interact with them um i remember being starstruck when have you ever watched uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Um, we've tried to watch it a few times, and I have a hard time focusing on watching TV sometimes. Mm. Um, so no, I've seen I've seen like bits and pieces of episodes. Okay. Um, well, the I follow Rachel Bloom, who's the like, I think co-creator and star of the show, and she like replied to one of my tweets, and I was like freaking <gasps> out. That's so fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of cool when stuff like that happens, and you know, there's a lot of funny stuff. Um, the most recent thing that's been blowing everyone's mind is the cake thing. 
Have you heard about the cake thing? What cake thing? Oh my gosh. I you need to see this video. It's it's crazy. So Is it the crock thing that looks like a crock but it's a cake? Yeah, have you seen that video? I haven't seen the video, but oh my gosh, um, I have to... seen I've I have watched a lot of videos on things that look like they're not food, but they are. Yeah. 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 That's been like making its rounds through Twitter lately. And <laughs> people have been posting like anime memes of like when Trunks like slashes Frieza in half. Like they edit his parts to be like cake inside. So. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, so that's been the most recent thing. Do you feel like social media has been a net positive in your life or a net negative? Gosh, it's really hard. So like just balancing how much time I spend on there and being present in my like real life with the people around me. That's mm -hmm. probably like my biggest struggle is striking that balance so i would say it's probably in the middle it's probably right in the middle for me like okay. it can be a really toxic trait for me i guess or it could be like very uplifting or just a place where i can feel very connected if i'm super sick yeah what about you i think for me it's definitely ranged if you would have asked me this question seven years ago, net negative, definitely. That was like at the, like the bottom, uh, or like, you know, when I was struggling the most with Facebook and social media in general, it was really like hard to go on there every day. Um, but now, like seven years later, I would say it's been a net positive. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like allowed me to stay in contact with my coworkers, which has been helpful like during like this quarantine situation. Um it's been helpful in like my hobbies and interests, helpful like with my transition, um helpful in like just seeing like light through these trying times, you know, like the thing, the good thing about Twitter is like you can always find like a dank meme <laughs> to laugh about to forget about your problems for a little bit. So yeah, it's, it's been a good nice in that way. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's been a net positive for me. I think for me, if you had asked me like ten years ago, I would say that it would have been all positive. And mm -hmm. I think now that I've gotten older, um. I have like more negative experiences with it and it's like more of a time sink mm. and I have to use a lot of my emotional and like mental energy when I log into those places, just because um, when you have groups or your moderate groups, like you are volunteering that time. And yeah. I, you know, thinking of that from like a place of positional power in some of those, those platforms it makes it like a more difficult place. It's not as like pleasurable or enjoyable. And it also makes it feel like you need to be there in case some shit goes down. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like if I don't log in, like my time's not really my time, you know? Yeah. And I have never really been a moderator. So I, my experience is probably is vastly different from yours. So 
I can see how that would be like a net negative. You know, I wouldn't want to be responsible for like people's like shitty opinions on your like cat page or you know whatever page you pages you moderate. You know, that would be frustrating if I had to deal with that on a daily basis. So yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean. Luckily, my cat group is like a shitposting group, and most people know that when they join, and the rules are pretty clear. <laughs> That's good. And yeah, so I mean, we don't get a lot of crazy stuff. We get a lot of bots, though. And mm. so we have like post approval on. And so that kind of like we're able to block those people pretty dang fast. Nice. Yeah. So That's good. Yeah. Do you think people will still have Facebook in 10 years? Yeah, I think people will still have it. I don't know if it will be as popular. Like, I feel like as we age, it'll be one of those things that slowly die off. Like, I feel like the controversy around them, like trying to talk about banning TikTok is pushing Mm -hmm. more people to like want to use that. So I feel like there's always going to be a better social media platform or there's always going to be one that's going to meet the needs of a generation that maybe aren't our needs and just be willing to be flexible and adapt and try it out. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like a fringe social media platform in like 10 years, but Facebook as a company, I think is still going to be strong and influential because they own instagram too yeah like people who quit facebook just to join instagram is just well weren't they gonna buy like snapchat too and then they tried to yeah and then they tried to make your instagram stories like snapchat to try to take Mm -hmm. the place of that but that snapchat i use every day i I think instagram is more popular than snapchat though oh i i agree with that i I mean, I feel like for the most part, I snap my friends every morning, like just to check in. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like it gives you more of a semblance of like closeness because you get to see like actual real life. Like I look like shit right now. This is what you get. (laughs) I feel like it's like you taking shitty friend, you're taking shitty pictures of yourself and sending it to your friends, but they aren't like there for them to see forever it's just like a snapshot in time yeah snapchat's not something that i regularly use like i definitely i joined it and i added people but i think i've maybe posted like two three things at most less than 10 definitely yeah i mean i don't know i don't post a lot of things to my public story just because I mean, I yeah. don't I, I don't necessarily think I'm a super private person, but I am private when I am really sick. Like, I don't really like to share like what that looks like, how it impacts me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will and I'll share certain aspects of it. But like, I'm not going to post a picture of my catheter I'm about to use on my Facebook feed. Like, <laughs> so my friends on Snapchat, they're going to see that and know that it's a bad day for me. Yeah, yeah. If you could have access to anybody's social media accounts for one day, who would it be and why? Okay, so this is one of two. I would mm-hmm. either take President Trump's account and like <laughs> just troll the fuck out of him and be like, I have dementia. I would release 
Like I would take messages of my screenshots. I would like, I would go, I'd go wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that that would be like vindication. Feel really nice for a little <laughs> while. Um, or I would do JK Rowling just to kind of say like, I don't know. I'm a piece of crap for believing this. And <laughs> I don't know. I would, I would use it to troll somebody and that would be why, like just to like, I don't know, vindicate some of the harm that these people have caused. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good use. What about you? Um, I think I have like a similar answer. I think I would go on like maybe Mark Zuckerberg's like Facebook account <laughs> or like have access to socials. Oh and just wow, like... that would be insane. Like he probably has access to everybody's profile. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure how much I would expose to like the public but like i don't know i think it'd just be interesting to see what he sees every day um just so like i know like what he's dealing with and how how bad and shitty it actually is you know like how warped the world is do you actually think that he is logging in every day I think so. I don't know. I just figure like when you have like a ton of money, like that's maybe not something you do anymore. Like it's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm I, totally wrong. I think he, I think he likes Facebook a lot. I don't know. But yeah, I, I would probably be someone powerful like Mark Zuckerberg or like Jeff Bezos and just like, Oh my God do something that will be impactful or meaningful you know i feel like if you trying to like log in as like elon musk or something like people will be like ah he's just like doing drugs or something <laughs> yeah yeah i think that would be what i would do try to make a change for the one day that you have it even if it won't like last you know yeah well i mean i feel like even just like I guess I didn't think about logging in as Zuckerberg just because, like, I don't know, he's not really on my radar. But yeah. I think it'd be really interesting to, like, see what he sees and then get the dirt on the shitty people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And expose them all from my platform. <laughs> in this hypothetical scenario, you're Mark Zuckerberg. Would you post it on Twitter? Would you do it on Instagram, Facebook? How would you leak it? Oh, I would do it on Twitter where he couldn't remove it. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a good idea. Like I'd want the access to Facebook, but then I would save it later to post from maybe my own personal account on Twitter. But he'd probably Ooh, ban me risky. from Facebook at that point. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Just, just make like a media. troll account with a VPN. Yeah, something. Anyway, I think that brings our conversation about social media to a close. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we get out of here? I don't think so. I mean, just like stay safe. Yeah. Stay home. Wear a mask. Yeah, we're hitting daily highs, daily peaks of cases. So, yeah, stay home if you can. 
And it costs zero dollars to be a nice person to anybody that's in customer service that you encounter. So just remember that it's a free kindness that you can share with other people. Mm -hmm. Also, listen to the podcast. If you have 13 episodes, so if you're bored and there's nothing to do, just listen to all 13 episodes. It'll probably take you like a day, but it's worth it. (laughs) <laughs> you get to know us better. Thanks for sticking around for so long. Making yeah. it all the way to the end. You should get a medal or something. <laughs> all right, everybody. See you next week. Bye.